Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I want to say to all our listeners, and I probably should have paused a little bit there, but I didn't. But I want to say to all our listeners that we have gotten kind of popular. We've gotten um, several thousand. Actually, we're a little over 10,000 downloads at this point, which is really good. But with that comes the obligatory commercials that they just throw in. Yeah. And we have no control over what those commercials are. Some of them are great. I've listened to some of them. Some of them are from Orchard Home Sales. Some of them are Xfinity. But there's one Uh that doesn't really align with our podcast. And there's nothing I can do about it. And I just want to apologize that if right before, because typically the commercials will be right after McKenna says, are we there yet? And right before we start talking. And then there'll be probably two more at the end of the podcast. Um, And there's one of them that talks about a TV show that's on Discovery Plus. It's called, uh, what's it called, Kyle? What was the name of that? Uh, Pleasure. Like Love. Love Island, Love Island or yeah, Island or Love Island or something, and it's it's one of those reality shows where they all go to an island and get somewhat obscene with each other. So, just so we understand, <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with that, and I can't control it. And the fact that it comes on my podcast is a little embarrassing. Um, so I'm sorry. What's that little caveat that some? Like a radio stations, you know, we're not affiliated with the advertisers. The views or and opinions addre- uh, yeah. expressed by our advertisers do not reflect those of management. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a reason why you were Slept here, like <laughs> Our lawyer over here on the side. So we got a full house tonight. We do. Uh, we got our buddy Justin sitting next to us. Woo-hoo. We got uh, Kyle sitting over there as, as somewhat of a guest host. Uh with his little uh, dripping springs or whatever background behind him. And that then, would be the San Marcos River. Yeah, whatever. And then we have our special guest tonight. What am I? Oh, yeah. Our special guest tonight. Oh, that's laughing. That's not applauding. Oops, Oops that's the wrong one. You made me push the wrong button. You are going to get me in so much trouble. I got a limited memory space right now. <laughs> that was supposed to be applause. Yeah. And the applause is for... Heather, my lovely wife. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. You look awesome. Oh, thank you. I love to see you in headphones. Mm. Ooh, I got to look. So, yeah, we've got a full house tonight, and uh, I think we've got a pretty good podcast, I think. But first, we need to start with some weird news. So a man in Alaska was rescued after a week of fighting a grizzly bear. He fought a grizzly bear for over a week. Uh, Richard Jesse is a miner out of Nome, Alaska. 
and he was up around his mine and he was doing mining things and uh, he was riding his ATV back to his camp when a grizzly bear came and ripped him from his ATV, drug him through the river where he lost his phone, and then began to eat his four-wheeler. Um, so Richard, who was injured, uh, was able to get himself back to his cabin, but uh, he was injured and he couldn't walk that well and he had lost his phone. So now he's stuck 40 miles from Nome. He can't walk back. And every night the grizzly bear came back. What? And every night he had to fight the grizzly bear from getting into his cabin. Already injured, already, you know, and the grizzly bear kept gnawing on the door, kept beating on the windows, and just about was able to get in every single night. And uh, so after a week, he was able to paint the letters SOS on top of his cabin. And a Coast Guard helicopter come flying by about a week later. And they saw Jesse laying on the ground with a white flag waving it. And they were able to rescue him. Now, here's the weird thing. The Coast Guard uh, helicopter was not supposed to be there. Uh, they had had some weather come in. So instead of going down one of the rivers that they normally go to to get to Nome, they diverted over to this particular river to avoid the weather. And they happened to see Jesse. Uh, Jesse was flown back to Nome and supposedly doing okay now. <laughs> Can you imagine having to fight a grizzly bear not once, but for an entire week? What the heck, man? <laughs> yeah, he's lucky that it was those guys and not me and you that were finding out about the grizzly bear because we would have said, Grizzly bear? Yeah, sorry, dude. You're on your own. <laughs> well, the, uh, the Coast Guard had no idea that he had been fighting the grizzly bear. They just knew they saw a white flag and how... You know, if he had, if they'd have known what was waiting for him down there, but apparently he was rescued with no incident, so he was fine. Wow. And I got another one. Well, why didn't he have a weapon? He did. He had a pistol, and uh, the report said that he was down to his last two bullets. Oh. Uh, so I don't know if he was a bad shot, or <laughs> but that's a good question. <laughs> But saving they, the last two bullets for himself. Well, I was saving at least one, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't have bears in Texas. No, well, you know, we do. We but actually not do. Not like those bears. No, not like those bears. We, uh, they just introduced uh, a couple of years ago, uh, probably about seven or eight, ten years ago by now, but uh, the Louisiana black bears back into Texas. But yeah. they're, they're overgrown dogs. They're not that big. <laughs> I've seen one. They're, they're, yeah. they're cute. Uh, I don't think I'd pet one, but no. they're kind of cute. So I got another one for you. Okay. I got a real live Jonah. Okay. A lobster diver in the Cape Cod area was swallowed by a humpback whale. Oh my gosh. Serious. He was down diving with his uh he was that's his job. That's what he does. He he dives for lobsters. And he was down diving. Michael Packard uh was diving and all of a sudden he said everything went dark. He didn't notice anything, he didn't feel anything, it didn't seem different, just all of a sudden everything went dark. And he was kind of being sloshed around and bumped around and it took him a few minutes, but after a few minutes with his flashlight and everything else, he figured out he was inside the mouth of a humpback whale. What? <laughs> of course he had dive gear on. So, I mean, he was okay. Uh, but of course the humpback whale needs to swallow at some point. Um, apparently he did whatever he could. Um, his buddy was back on the boat, had no idea what was going on. Uh, never saw anything. And uh, apparently he was in there for what he thought was probably a lifetime. 
Maybe he thought it was three days, but it was actually about 40 seconds. What? <laughs> and so the, may I interject not yet. for a second? Not yet. Then the okay. whale breached okay. and spit oh, him out. Sweet. And he flew in the air about 20 or 30 feet with full <laughs> gear on. Right in front of his buddy's boat. That's what his buddy saw was him coming out of the whale's mouth right in front of him. What? (laughs) He must have tasted bad. (laughs) Yeah, it must have been horrible. (laughs) And uh, so he got sent to the hospital, but he had just a couple little bumps and bruises, but he was fine. Oh, my gosh. Swallowed by a humpback whale. Wow. And that's why... Don't go scuba diving. <laughs> I don't swim with sharks. Well, that wasn't a shark. That was a I whale. Don't care. They live there. It's their <laughs> they home. They do. So right. for the people that have actually followed this podcast, uh, I'm sure you've heard the episode regarding the uh, parasailing, uh, which was really about uh, Troy's road to where he is now and finding God and all of that. Well, part of that road that he has not discussed yet was when he went night diving and decided to uh, wrestle with an octopus What? <laughs> at about 50 or 60 feet it's true. underwater. And um, yeah, that was uh, one of the other times that uh, Troy cheated death Well, and probably <sighs> played a role in the path that he's on now. All right. You're, you're right. I was in Guam and I was night diving and um, we were actually looking for lobsters, and we'd found a couple. Um, but shortly before this night dive, I had eaten uh, octopus, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Um, and we were on this night dive, and I don't know if you know, but with a night dive, you've got a flashlight. That's all you can see. Wherever that beam of that light is, that's it. That's the only thing you can see. And I saw this octopus move. And I went, oh, wow. And I chased the octopus down, and I reached down, and I grabbed the octopus. The only problem is he grabbed back. <laughs> and Times he, eight. And he had eight arms, and I've only got two. Um, and so I've got this octopus in one hand, holding him as far away from me as I can, because he had about, I don't know, about four or five-foot-long legs. I mean, he was, he was a large octopus. So I'm holding him out as far as I can, and I've got my flashlight shining on him so that I can see because if I move the flashlight I can't see him right. and I was trying to figure out whether or not I could go and get my knife because my knife was thought way too long because the <laughs> octopus had decided I'm going to get out of here one way or another and he reached up and that octopus grabbed my regulator hmm. and he was able to pull and start tugging on my regulator So, which is basically if you don't know what a regulator is it's what you breathe out of uh, so he's trying to pull my air out. Meanwhile, I'm trying to find a knife, and, and just this, this utter chaos ensues. Of course, he, he's inked me about twice by now, so there's black, black water everywhere. And my buddy, who was supposed to be right next to me, was n- not to be found. And finally, he comes up, and I'm about screaming through my mask and my, my regulator, and he reaches over and sticks his thumb in the gill of the octopus and flips his head inside out. What? And the octopus went limp immediately. <laughs> it was that easy. I didn't know that. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> he did. And, of course, he's laughing and having a very good time at my expense. And I had about 9,000 hickeys on my arms and neck from the <laughs> suckers. Of the... Anyway, thanks, Kyle. Wasn't going to bring that one up. Um, sure. I understand you've got some, uh, some bulletins for us over there? Yeah. I have some... Um lines from various church bulletins that uh, someone was nice enough to accumulate in one spot and make it easy for me to find. But the first one is 
This being Easter Sunday, we will ask Miss Lewis to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. Talented. The next one. The associate minister unveiled the church's new tithing campaign slogan last Saturday. I upped my pledge, up yours. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've wanted to say that a few times. (laughs) The over 60s choir will be disbanded for the summer with the thanks of the entire church. (laughs) 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 One more. Okay. The sermon this morning, Jesus Walks on the Water. The sermon tonight, Searching for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I think that'll do it for uh, Weird News. So on September 9th, 1956, a young man made his television debut. Um, However, the problem was that the man was so offensive that the TV crew and the the camera crew was told to film him only from the the waist up. Apparently, his gyrations were so vulgar that they didn't want to see his hips or anything below the waist. This man's name was Elvis Presley, and the show was The Ed Sullivan Show. How did we get from there to here? Because now it's perfectly fine to see a naked Miley Cyrus coming in on a wrecking ball, or we can see Katy Perry's boobs of whipped cream spraying everywhere, and not to mention Cardi B's new song, WAP. And I'm not going to tell you what that is. Go look for yourself. There was a day that when saying darn on TV was about as far as we could go. Now we've got movies like The Wolf of Wall Street making records on how many F-bombs he can get in in 90 minutes. When did our moral standards get so low? Used to the show Will and Grace, that was a very edgy show. Now there's not a show on TV where there's not at least one gay couple in the, in the mix. We have commercials for HIV meds that are showing gay men and trans men as though it's just perfectly normal. We have commercials for ED medication for men who have an issue. I even saw one the other day with a disclaimer on it that said it was not proven to be effective for those people assigned female at birth. Why do we have to make the distinction? What is assigned female? Ladies and gentlemen, the frog has died. What do I mean by that? Long time ago, somebody told me that the best way to boil a frog was not to throw him into hot water but to throw him into cold water and turn it up little by little by little until eventually it was boiling and it killed the frog. When did we start normalizing sin? How did we get here? Can we ever get back? I mean, we all sin. That's the reason that Jesus came. That's the reason that Jesus died, and that's the reason that Jesus was resurrected. But when did it become okay to have parades and celebrate our sin? And then to call it pride, of all things, to call that celebration pride, one of the seven deadly sins where most sins all start. Not only that, but if I don't conform and comply to your sin, then I'm the bad guy. I'm the homophobe. I'm the one that's shunned. And I love gay people. Don't get me wrong. But I hate the sin of homosexuality. But I love the person. What I hate is celebrating the sin. 
When will it be okay for a pedophile to have a parade? Or a porn lover to have a parade? Or a thief or a murderer? I mean, we already have porn conventions. These are things that we used to be hidden. These are things that people used to do in secret. I remember when I was about 10 years old, 10 or 11 years old, somewhere around there, and a buddy of mine, usually Kyle, would, uh, would get a, a new Playboy magazine from his dad's stash. And we would take it in the woods, and we would go to our special little fort, and we would hide, and we would look at it. But we would hide because we knew it was wrong. We knew what we were doing is wrong, and we knew that we shouldn't be doing it. So we hid from everyone else. When did the hiding go away? In 1956, we could not accept the wiggling hips of Elvis Presley. But in 2021, a carefully choreographed scene of a man and a woman having sex on primetime television is perfectly okay. We're inundated with condom commercials and vaginal ring commercials saying to our kids, Hey guys, sex is great. Come have some with no consequences. I remember buying my first condom. Justin, I don't know if you remember. I wasn't there. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Buying your first condom. But I remember when I was buying mine, I went to a, a, a drugstore because they had them in the, in the convenience stores, but they were right behind the counter. Yeah. And there was no way, there was no way I was going to ask the guy behind the counter, <laughs> please hand me one of those Trojans XXX oh, yeah. in a size small. There was no way. <laughs> so I went to a drugstore, and even then I had to make sure that I had about 750 other items to go with it and try to slip it in because I was embarrassed. Because I knew that what I was doing was wrong. Back in the 80s, girls that would have sex or was known to have sex, they were considered sluts. They were considered easy. And you didn't hang around with them. If a girl got pregnant in high school, she left. She went to a private school until she had the baby. And then maybe or maybe not, she may come back. Now there's a TV show that celebrates teen moms and shows them off as heroes. I remember a show called Three's Company. Remember Mr. Furley? Yeah. Jack could only rent the apartment with Janet and Chrissy because he was gay. It's kind of a twisted morality Mr. Furley had, but at least he had a morality. There was no way he was going to let a man live with two girls in an apartment complex. And now even our churches are gathering in. Our churches are starting to come in and say that they're okay with a lot of this sexual immorality. Every religion just about, the Anglicans, the Baptists, the Catholics, the Lutherans, the Methodists, and yes, even the Pentecostals, there is actually a Pentecostal group called the Gay Apostolic Pentecostals, of all people. And there's hundreds more, not to mention this progressive, progressive Christianity. Don't even get me started on that yet. We'll, we'll get to that one day. Where does it stop, and how are we, the conservative Christians, supposed to respond to this ever-increasing normalization of sin? Now, I know I focused on sexual immorality here, but that's just because that seems to be what's in our face. That seems to be what we all see right now. But it doesn't doesn't stop with just sex. We're actually having to fight right now, and we're losing this fight to save babies from being murdered on a scale that is insane. There is an average of 2,362 babies killed every single day. That's almost a million babies a year. Recently, we did have a few victories in Texas and Florida with the heartbeat bill, but that's not near enough. But here's the thing. Sometimes we as Christians have a tendency to rank our sin as if lying is not near as bad as stealing. And stealing is, that's not near as bad as murder. And yeah, I took the Lord's name in vain a few times, but it's not like I killed a baby. 
The word sin is from an archery term. It's, it's a Greek word called hamartia. It simply means to miss the mark or the target. And the thing is, it doesn't matter if you miss it by an inch or by a mile. It's still a miss. Sin is sin. One lie keeps us out of heaven. One stolen paperclip from work. One lustful thought. Yep, that's right. Thought. Jesus said it himself in Matthew 5, 27 and 28 when he said that you've heard that we shouldn't commit adultery. But I tell you this, if you have lustful thoughts of a woman, you've already committed adultery. Again, in 1 John three fifteen, he talks about hating someone. And he equates hating someone with murder. We as Christians have to stop, invest, uh, stop ingesting what the world feeds us. We have to see sin as what it is and avoid it at all cost. Roman 12, 2 says this, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, we need to see sin for what it is and hate it like God does. Then, then we will be able to see the goodness God has planned for us. And that's what I want to talk about today. How did we get to a point where sin has become the norm and we've just ignore it? And what are we supposed to do about that? Man. It's a big subject. It is a big subject. And it's been happening for a long time. Yeah. And I'm glad we have our guest here to help us flesh it out. I am. No, I'm here to get help, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had a, a coworker a few weeks ago who came to me and... Um, she had just flown back in early that morning and came to work. She's a nurse. And we went down and got breakfast. And she's like, I wasn't expecting to tell anybody that I work with about this. And she just teared up. She's got five boys, all grown, except for one in high school. And her middle son came to them while they were out of town at a wedding for a cousin and came by their, their hotel room late that night and had told her, that um, her and her husband, that he was he was getting divorced. They knew he was getting divorced, but that there was more to it and that he actually um, is getting divorced because he's gay. Mm. And so he's leaving his wife, who he's been married to for a year or two, and um, she's devastated. She didn't know. She didn't know. Yeah, she, she didn't see the signs, and she didn't know how to react. Her husband just got angry. And told them to get out. That it was really late. That they didn't. They talk about it later. Um. But I'm just sitting there at breakfast, going, I don't even know. I don't even know what to res- how to respond to this. Yeah. You know. And we have gotten to a point in our culture where it's it's normal. It's it's, it's no big deal. It's normal. Um. You know, and it's not just. It's it's not just gay. Um, oh no, no. It, it, it's not. You know, um, there's so much more t- to this. You know, um, another friend of ours. They they're getting divorced. Just in the last month, we found out that he's been having an affair with her best friend, and they're getting divorced. Um, house is already on the market. It's already sold, and 
it's it's a hot mess, you know, and it's it's devastating. It's devastating for both families, all the children involved. It's, you know, you sit there and go, how did these two grown adults think that this was going to end well, you know? And it's, it's really, really bad. Um, and our cult, you know, our culture just gets to where it's like, eh, it's okay. Right. No big deal. Right. You know, and I mean, these are, these are just the people that, you know, have come into our lives and, you know, and that have told us this. I mean, we, we sit there and go, how many more people are going through so much stuff? Right. And how do we, how do we get to the point where we focus on leading people back to Jesus and away from sin? You know, that's the thing is it's, (coughs) and it's not, you know, it's, it's not just the, the sexual aspect of, you know, of sin. It's, it's so many different things. Right. We just sit here and go, we don't even like, we almost don't even think about it anymore. It's so, it's become so normal in our lives that we see things, we hear things and we just don't even, don't even blink. Yeah. Let's take it away from sex and go to a different direction real quick. And remember this time last year, you know, what was going on in the streets of Seattle, what was going on in the streets of Portland, you know, all these riots that were going on that, you know, we saw as wrong. We saw as you're hurting people, you're destroying people's property, you're stealing from people, you're you're killing people. And some groups of political groups saw it as, well, they have a right to go out for their opinion. They saw it as them expressing their opinion rather than stealing and hurting and killing and doing these horrible acts that, you know, we sat back and, and like, oh, how can we allow this to continue? And they just let them go. They just let them keep doing it. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, it's, it, you know, sex is the thing that's in our face. Sex is the thing that, that we see, unfortunately, come through our televisions every single night. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's everything, Justin. Where did, where did this start? Where did we go wrong? When, when did the frog get thrown in the cold water and when did the heat start getting turned up? Do you, can, you, can you even imagine when that was? I, I think it was the day of the fall. <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, that's when it started. Was Well, yeah. But didn't, I mean, didn't America used to be better than this? Well, so uh, maybe I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Um, in your monologue, um, while 100% agree with everything, it seems like the the heart of people has been, has always had a bent towards sin. It was mm-hmm. just the expression of it maybe has become more mainstream. You guys would sneak away and look at things and I would sneak away and look at things and we would sneak away and smoke things. If the desire wasn't there to begin with, there wouldn't be a temptation to do any of that stuff. Sure. And so, yeah. But the difference is we knew it was wrong and we didn't parade it in front of other people. I mean, that doesn't make it any better. I'm not trying to justify it by any sense of the imagination. What I'm saying is back then was a little bit different time that, you know, we didn't, when we did something wrong, we knew we were doing it wrong and, and we made sure that others didn't know we were doing it or, or at least we tried. And, and that seemed to be, you know, the, 
we weren't proud of it. Yeah, there was no. Yeah, there was That's no the parade. Thing is, we we weren't we weren't proud that we were doing things wrong. We were we were doing sneaky things that we shouldn't have been doing, probably. But we definitely didn't want to get caught. Right. And 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 you know, I mean, we knew that. You know the old saying that your grandmother always said. You know, Jesus is watching, and and we knew that. And and but at that time, Jesus was this little person who you know he's not the one going to whip my butt. My daddy is. Um, but but even the adults, you know, the porn industry was was very. I mean, it was it was behind. You had to go to special shops that were out off the highway, twenty miles outside of town that were barely lit up just to be able to, to find a pornographic movie. Now, well, of course. My cousin uh, your produces cousin. Yeah. porn videos. Yeah, yeah. They're producers. Now, you want to hear a funny story about that? <laughs> I know, I know, I know <laughs> okay. this is a serious topic, but there is a funny story behind that. Remember when we were having our gala? Yes. Okay. All we knew is that her cousin was a producer. No, no, no. I knew, well, I didn't even know she was a producer at that point. What I knew was that her husband was a stunt double. He'd yeah. been a stunt double they were in, in LA, LA for years. <laughs> I mean, that's what his career was. I thought he was still doing that. I also knew that they went to Comic Con, and I know that they know people. Yeah. That's where so, I was So we from. knew that they were rubbing shoulders with Hollywood elites and stuff, you know, and they lived in San Bernardino. And, you know, so they were in that little area. So we wrote her cousin a letter asking them, hey, if you could find something in your industry and maybe donate it so that we could put it up on auction, that would be awesome. You know, that, that'd be really cool. Something coming out of Hollywood, you know, that, that maybe you could get your hands on that other people can't. We would really appreciate any help. And though she was very sweet about it, she She's wrote like, back. No, she, she wrote me back. She goes, do you know what I do for a living? Like, this isn't a message, a private message. And I said... No, I just know that you know people, yeah. <laughs> you know, I said, I don't know. And she's like, we produce porn videos. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, she's like, she's like, ha ha. She says, I don't think I can really help you much. Yeah. So for our, for our adoption gala, we were, we were trying to get this porn star to, or I, porn well, producer to, to send gosh. us some had, of her stuff. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Wow. But I mean, but, but that's the thing is, you know, used to, we had, now it's in your pocket 24 seven. You know, anytime you want it, it's right there. Um, bless you. And, you know, so, I mean, we, we've got that. And, and now I, I'm, I'm watching on TV the other day where these guys were somewhere. They had decriminalized shoplifting where these, these men were walking into to a Walgreens and were stealing everything off the shelf, putting it in a cart and walking out the door. And no one stopped them because it becomes okay. When did we get so desensitized to what was right and wrong? I mean, we used to know what was right and wrong, you know? Um, gosh. I mean, I just know that, you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s were such a different time, you know, although that's when kind of free love started coming out, I guess. I don't know. Well, I kind of think the origin of things just really falling apart was uh, – when the concept of separation of church and state just really got out of hand because not only are things becoming so prevalent and so accepted, it's becoming more common that when somebody's doing something good, they're actually punished. Um, 
I'm sure that there's maybe two listeners out there that have actually heard of Coons, Texas. Um, it's a little town in Southeast Texas. One of them sitting here. I don't know where the other one is. I know where it is. Yeah. Well, the other <laughs> one's the one who's probably speaking. Probably. Um, they, um, they were, uh, censored for their very vulgar run-through branners at the football games, which said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Yes. I remember that. And they were ordered to, uh, stop doing that and actually had to go as far as the Texas Supreme court to get permission to continue to have such banners. So again, you know, here, I mean, these are good kids doing a good thing with a good message and they're essentially being punished for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you remember the blue law? Absolutely. Justin, do you remember the blue law? Don't believe so. you may not have been in Texas yet. You may have been up in wherever you were um, back in the seventies. Um, well, all the way up to the early eighties, I guess maybe late, late seventies or early, early eighties, Texas had what was called the Texas blue law. And the Texas Blue Law, there were certain things that were not allowed to be sold on Sundays. Obviously, alcohol, for one. Um, but then there were other things such as you could buy nails, but you couldn't buy the hammer for the nails. You could buy screws, but you couldn't buy a screwdriver. So there were certain things like tools. You were not allowed to buy tools. You were not allowed to buy um, clothing. I don't think you were allowed to buy clothing. You were not allowed, Anything that was considered non-essential was not allowed to be sold on Sunday. And that was a part of the whole Sabbath thing. It was a carryover from, from you know, the Jewish Shabbat uh, Sabbath. Uh, of course, it was on Sunday, so it was on the wrong day, but that's beside the point. Um, but, yeah, so this blue law, and that was why uh, car lots were not open on Sundays because you weren't allowed to buy a car on Sundays. Um, you weren't allowed to sell your house on Sunday. You, you, all these things that you were not allowed to do had to do with uh, the respect for the, 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 the day of rest. And then like Kyle said, somewhere along the lines, somebody took Thomas Jefferson's letter, which was never a part of the constitution stating that the church should be separated from the state. And they took it in such a manner that they twisted it completely around. And, you know, now it was like this, this, uh, no Bibles in school, no praying in school, no banners, you know, in Coons or anything else. Um, so yeah, they completely twisted that law you know, that letter and it wasn't even, it's not even constitutional. Uh, it was a letter from Jefferson that (coughs) they've taken completely out of context. So, yeah, I don't know where we, and you're right. I mean, the whole sin thing came from the fall. Absolutely. 100%. And our tendency to fall into sin, I think, you know, obviously comes from that, but at least there was a time in the U S at least, I don't know about other countries when we knew, right we knew wrong and we just didn't shove it in your face and then call you wrong because you pointed it out because you're pointing out my problem you're the one wrong um we we never did that i don't know when we we changed on that um let's take a break for just a minute and then we'll come right back to it wrong button let's try that again Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. So, I guess we're here. I mean, I guess how we got here really doesn't matter. I guess, you know, how things got where they got doesn't matter. I guess what matters is how do we as conservative Christians deal with a world that takes pride in sinful behavior? And I'm not just talking sexually. I'm talking about all sinful behavior. How do we as what Jesus called us as salt and light, how do we add that salt and that light to a world that has succumbed to the earthly pleasures and, and, and the sin. And, and I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, sin's fun. If it wasn't fun, nobody would do it. You know, if, if the devil didn't make it enjoyable, then, then no one would want to do it, but it is. And so how do we get ourselves out of this situation or do we just survive until the second coming? I mean, what's your opinion? I mean, I, so the word holy means to be separated in, I mean, Jesus and other places of the New Testament talk about not being a friend of the world. I mean, First John talks about that. So kind of bolting all this together, um, I think we are called to not, not necessarily be of the world, be in the world. I mean, not of this world shirt you're literally wearing, um, not be a culture, not be a part of the culture of the world, not be assimilated into that acceptance of normalcy of sin and so forth, but live in the world in such a way where we can exhibit the light and everything else. Um, you know, thinking back the last couple minutes, um, to kind of answer maybe your question about how we've got here and everything else. Could it be perhaps that sin is way more accessible and therefore we're able to indulge in it more? Because I mean, looking back as kids, I mean, how hard was it to find those magazines? How hard was it to find, you know, that that pack of cigarettes, you know, or that that can of snuff? I mean, right. maybe once a year you come across something like that, and then you know, have a little bit of fun, and then it's back to your thing, you know, riding bikes or you know whatever. Right. But if it was in our face twenty four seven, I mean, like what what state would we be in? I mean, I would be a slug, absolute ridiculousness. If at ten, twelve, fifteen years old, mm. I had access to the stuff I had access to now, yeah, and not to mention. Um, just the onslaught of um, the social media stuff when it comes to image um, and identity through your image, popularity and all that stuff. I mean, the popular kids in school were popular because they had physical people kind of gloating over them and, and things like that. But to now be able to replicate that, force multiply that across multiple hundreds, if not millions of people gloating over you and... Right. Uh, adoring you and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I, I think it accelerates people into this these mindsets that are just, I mean, devastating. All while on the outside looking like it's glamorous. Yeah, I think that that you know um, a lot of these uh, TikTokers and you know Facebook and YouTube, 
they took a playbook out of Howard Stern's, you know, took a page out of Howard Stern's playbook, which was, you know, this shock value. You know, if I can shock you, if, if when you look at me, you, you, you cringe, kind of like when you, when you see a car wreck, you, it's horrible, it's terrible, but I can't look away. Um, and I think that the social media people with, with all of these followers, I think they took a page right out of that, that book that Howard Stern, you know, published, which was basically, let me shock the crap out of you. And you're going to want to come back to see how I shock you again. Uh, and that's going to make you popular and that's going to drive your, your, your likes and your loves and your, your shares and your followers, which hopefully we're not doing that. Hopefully we're not getting followers based on any shock value. Cause I, 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 I want to get followers based on truth. Um, Heather, you're a nurse. You work in a, um, in a very prestigious hospital in Houston. Um, you work in a very, very difficult, uh, unit in that hospital and you have to see the results of people's mistakes every day. And you get to see the results of people's sin every day. How do you make it through your day? And how do you talk to some of these people knowing that you did this to yourself? I mean, you, you've told me your stories, and, you've, and, and I don't want to get into these specifics, but, but I know that, that you have to deal with the results of some of these people's own sins in their lives. How do, how do you do that every day? Well, most of the time I'm talking to the family because the patient is hooked up to a vent, unable to talk. So it's really the family that, you know, you take on and try to comfort. And um, it's it's hard. I mean, there there's no way to really sugarcoat it. it it's hard. I mean, some of our cases are, are super sad and horrible. And, you know, some of these people, you just look at their entire life and go, Gosh, they just never caught a break, never really had a chance, never had. I mean, sometimes you look at the family and you go, gosh, I just, I can see how this person ended up the way they did in that environment. You know, I mean, it, and that's terrible to, to say, but it's true. And, um, you know, I mean, a lot of these people just, they, they never, they never had a chance to make better choices for, you know, for themselves that was just their way of life. That was normal for them. They grew up in that. Um, in so this, you're saying that a lot of these people's choices that weren't really choices. They were a product of their well, everybody. Everybody is responsible for their own sure, choices. Of course. No, I agree absolutely. With you, yeah. you know, and God gives everybody free will. So there's that. And I've seen numerous people who've come from nothing and have turned out to be amazing, sure, you know, sure. decent members of society. So, you know, we can't blame it all on where they came from and, how they were raised and you know, they're, they're not always a product of their environment. Yeah. Um, but, but when you have a family that doesn't, doesn't focus on Jesus, doesn't focus on God and focuses more on what feels good at the moment. And that's the, that's the environment you're raised in. You kind of have a tendency to more to, to go in that direction. Is that kind of the experience you see? I do. Um, you know, what I see pretty much across the board is people's priorities are just out of whack. And that's, that's not just with my patients. You know, that's with 
friends, neighbors. I mean, sometimes my priorities are out of whack and I have to regroup, you know, um, it's just, unfortunately it's our life. I mean, I can be on my phone looking up something for either work or whatever I need to do. I need to find a phone number or whatever. And it's so easy to always be looking at your phone for whatever. And I have to catch myself and go, I need to put that phone down. Yeah. You know, because this is the phone is an addiction <laughs> and it can be a really bad addiction. Absolutely. Just like anything else. Yeah. You know, this is also can be a very sinful tool. Um and you know, we we all like I said, we all sin in different ways. And I don't I don't think it really matters, you know, whose whose sin is worse. I mean, the Bible is clear on that, sin is sin. Right. Um I just don't know why we're or normalizing it. And how do I, my, my thing is, how do I protect my child from that? You know, I, I don't want her thinking this is normal. Right. That's, that's my thing. And I don't want to have to constantly be correcting the TV or shutting it off. You know, it's like, oh, we can't watch Sesame Street because Gonzo's got on a dress. And now, like, I don't want her that? thinking that this is okay. Did you hear about that? <laughs> no. Okay. So, again, uh, off on a little tangent here. We were watching TV last night. We were watching Newsmax. I think it was Newsmax. Yeah, Newsmax. I don't remember or what it was. Fox or one of those. We were watching them. And Sesame, not Sesame Street, uh, the Muppet Babies, which all our kids grew up on the Muppet Babies. Um, they, they did a twist on Cinderella. Um, but this time, Gonzo was upset. And the fairy god mouse or whoever he was came and asked Gonzo, why are you so upset? And Gonzo said, because I really want to wear one of those nice fairy dresses like all the girls the do. princess dress. Like I all want the princesses princess dress. Do. And the fairy god mouse said, granted. And so Gonzo went to the ball in a dress and his glass slippers and his nice little veil and everything else. And so now even Muppet babies aren't safe. So what you're saying is these days clinger is normal. Oh, Klinger wouldn't even get a, a, an eye. No one would even think twice about Klinger these days. I'm over here just saying I want to be able to teach my daughter at six years old what is normal, what is acceptable, and what is not acceptable. And it's really getting harder and harder to do that without sounding like I'm bashing something. And I don't want to bash anything. That's the thing is I don't want to be like, oh, that's wrong. What I want to say is, you know what? This is the way God intended it. God intended for marriage to be between a man and a woman. You know, this is, this was God's, God developed marriage. God invented that. And that was what it was invented for. Yeah. God did not assign you female at birth. You, you, you were a girl or you were a boy. That's That's how it was. That's the thing is I don't want her to question and, and I know that I know that kids are curious. I mean, it she's gonna kill me when she's older and she she ever hears this. But <laughs> she she was like a few a couple of years ago. I guess she was about three. She was like, I wish I she was I want to be a boy. And I said, Well, I'm sorry, but God made you a girl. And I said, You can't ever be a boy because you're a girl. And she goes, oh, I really want to be a boy. And I said, <laughs> Okay. Why in the world would you want to be a boy? Like boys have stinky feet and boys smell <laughs> and they're dirty because they don't take a shower very often. Why would you want to be a boy? She said, because they don't, they can pee standing up. I don't even know how she knew that. 
But she didn't want to have to sit down to pee. That was her whole... She didn't want to be a boy. She just wanted to be able to pee and then run. <laughs> she couldn't do that. Because it takes way too much time to have to pull your pants down, yeah. get up on the toilet, yeah. wipe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. So, you know, but you sit here and you go, how do I sit here and raise her the way that God has designed her to be as this woman and and do it right in this world where everything is screaming this, 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 and this is okay. You know, I think maybe instead of the world making it harder, maybe the world's making it easier. I don't know because I definitely don't want to bash. I I want to make bash. it very clear that I have gay friends. A yes. very, very close friend of mine is gay. Um, and, I mean, and he knows that if he called me today, I would do whatever I could for him. I mm-hmm. mean, that's just our relationship. And... You know, I sit here and go, I don't agree. I, I don't agree with his behaviors and what he does with, you know, his his person, his, his significant other. I didn't mean it. If that was disrespectful, I certainly didn't mean it. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, so, um, but on the other hand, you know, I want to stress that you have, I mean, we need to like we need to cover these people in love, and that's what I told my friend from work. As I said, have you thought about just writing him a letter and say, you know what, I may not agree with your lifestyle, but I love you, and I want you to know that I love you. You're my son, and I love you. I said I think that really needs to be stressed. You know, you can say, I don't, I, I you know, you and your boyfriend are not coming over here to eat dinner ever, but I want you to know that I love you, and you're my child, and no matter what, I love you. And that's what needs to be stressed Yeah, is that we don't need to bash these people. I, you know, I don't need to bash Gonzo. I can just try to teach McKenna. Well, you know what? I guess he's playing dress up. <laughs> I, I really don't know about that. That doesn't seem right. Well, but, and, I, and I think that's it. I was saying, I think maybe the world might have in some ways made it easier for us in that we have examples of behavior, not the people, the behavior. And, you know, that, like you said, I love Gonzo. Gonzo's a great guy. I don't know who the voice of Gonzo is, but, you know, Gonzo's a great guy. And and maybe Gonzo just made a poor choice. Maybe Gonzo just, maybe maybe that was a bad decision Gonzo made. And, and I think we can do that with, with a lot of these things. Maybe Gonzo just wanted to pee standing up. Maybe there's another reason behind it. Gonzo already peaced in. I understand that, but maybe, <laughs> but maybe it's not so much that Gonzo wants to wear a dress. Maybe Gonzo wants to wear the dress because of whatever. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, and, and, and I think we could redirect all that, but but you know the the um, I don't know. It, like you said, I, I think we need to focus. I think you're right on you know the old adage you know love the sinner, hate the sin. And, um, and I think it gives us a lot of opportunity to point out truth to our kids that, you know, we we love that person and, and Jesus loves that person. That person is making some really bad decisions and those bad decisions are going to be, there's going to be consequences to those bad decisions. And here they are. And here's the consequences of, of these bad decisions. So in some ways, I think at least we have something to point to, but unfortunately, we also have a lot of protecting to do. We have to protect our kids a lot from from a lot of this. That's what we do. I mean, we're not perfect by any means. 
uh, and our daughter is very, very sweet-natured, sensitive. Um, I mean, she doesn't play sports because she doesn't want to see people lose. She Ooh. doesn't want to see people feel bad for not being great. Wow. So she doesn't even play at all. She's not very competitive. Um, so to not shield, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of coming from the whole holy thing again. I'm not Ooh. trying to say that we're holy because, man, got problems, but to be separated from the culture of the world, like at home, we sometimes sacrifice not watching the things that we might want to watch in lieu of the shark shows or the nature shows right. or the things like that, that while not being like an ostrich and sticking our head in the sand, but also not, not being forced to prematurely deal with the issues until one, she's ready to understand the bigger picture Two is so that those seeds of influence aren't just swirling around in her mind. And again, we don't have everything right, but um, I feel like my job is to just shield and kind of like drop little nuggets of truth and wisdom when she's ready, you know, and um, she's really been oblivious to a lot of that stuff, even language. Like um, if somebody says a, not quite, you know, full-blown cuss words, but even borderline cuss words, she doesn't bat an eye because she doesn't even know what it means. Mm. And is that good or bad? Well, I mean, you guys can be the judge of it. I think it's good because she's still sort of in that innocent phase where it's not affecting, like, her conscience until she's ready to understand the bigger picture of things. Yeah. Um, it's it's such a hard balance to... It is because the, at the same time you don't want to you, you don't want to completely and utterly shelter right. to a point where your child has no idea and then all of a sudden they're adults thrown exactly. out in the big bad world and you're like what is all this yeah. so I see what you're saying there, there's that there's that balance of protection versus knowledge and how much knowledge do we dole out at, at any given time right. obviously by the time they're 18 walking out the door we want them to be fully aware right. of of what's out there right. But we don't want to do it in such a way that it destroys their childhood and, and their innocence. Exactly. Like yeah. yeah. And so, so I think she was in about second or third grade. Um, she became friends with this um, um, schoolgirl who had very short hair. Um, and, and they all wore uniforms, so it's not like there was um, a lot of weird dressing. But she was clearly um, trying to dress and, and have her image more on the masculine side mm-hmm. even as even as a young girl like that Cora being her friend all of a sudden was coming home and wanting the short hair and wanting the the boy shoes you know and the and stuff like that and and man I mean even for and, and, and it was the gonzo thing I mean she didn't want to be a boy she was influenced by one of her friends mm-hmm. to just go with the flow thing mm-hmm. and we had to very carefully navigate to where we didn't crush her soul by saying, you are not going to do this and shame on you and all that other stuff. But it was very hard to go with it even to a point of like condoning some of it. But yeah, we didn't get everything right. But the way that we walked that out was just very gently steering it in. And, and occasionally we would not allow her to go sleep over and right. slowly phase that out. And, and, and eventually they, they weren't as close friends and the influence went away and she got back kind of to herself and stuff. And, you know, we didn't have some of those deep philosophical conversations about, you know, 
gender identity and all this other junk. Well, I was, I was about to ask you, I mean, what do you say right. to someone that, that says, but, but Justin, you're not allowing her to explore her sexuality. You're not allowing her to explore her identity. Maybe, maybe she is, uh, you know, a, a non-binary, twisted gender thing. I don't, I don't even know what they're called anymore. There, you know, there's 73 of them. I don't even know what they're called anymore. But what do you say to someone that, that, that accuses you of, of being such a prude and being so single-minded that, that you're not even allowing her to express herself? I would say you're damn right. Good for you. I'm not going to let her decide her life. She doesn't even know what she wants for breakfast, let alone what gender she wants to be. And as the guardian and <laughs> such she, a good point and right? steward of her life, I am accountable to God for her life while she's under my care. And the last thing I'm going to want to do, stand before the holy God and say, well, I let her make her decisions. I let her eat ice cream for breakfast and I let her, you know walk outside naked. No, hell no. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. And I think parents who do that, we're paying with a broad stroke here, but they need to man up. Like they need to put on their big boy pants and, and big girl pants and they need to lead their home. Amen. So they, they uh, preach it. Well, Amen. No, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind you. I'm a hundred percent behind you. Cause I, the, the things that I can't stand, I see these days, these people with three and four year olds, you know, allowing the allowing their boys to to pick the dress, allowing the girls to pick what they wear, allowing them to play with you know dolls. Not to say that dolls are bad. I mean, we had dolls that were called action figures, but they were you know like, exactly. let's be let's be honest, they were, they were dolls. They were just family <laughs> right. dolls. Um, you know, but and, and it was all in the way that you played with it, in the way that you did it, and and we you know our parents steered us in those directions, and. You know, nowadays you see these these four and five year olds. They're talking about allowing what what age group was it that they were going to allow this sexual this sex re um, reassignments to? I mean, it was this obscene like thirteen fourteen year old girls that were going to be allowed to have sex reassignment surgeries. I mean, at thirteen fourteen, like you said, you you don't even know what life is yet, and their parents are allowing them to make these life-altering decisions that who knows what's going to happen in 20 years when, when, when they do find Jesus, when they do find the truth, when they do find what's right and what's wrong. And now when you they find themselves and they figure out who they are. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, I can attest that I'm sure that a lot of y'all <laughs> did some really stupid stuff as teenagers. Even you know? way before. I, mean, I no. remember being... No. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking, you know... We all made bad you choices. You married the as king teens. of stupid things as teenagers. <laughs> so, you know. Just thank God, and I mean that I in the most sincere way. Thank God that YouTube was not around when Kyle and I were growing yeah, up. Really. Yes. But no, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, you you are dead on 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 correct that you have no idea who you are, and, and I mean, you had said something to me one day that didn't make any sense, but it does now because I did the research. That kids aren't aren't even capable of making rational, not rational, but good rational decisions until the age of what were you saying? Their their brain is not fully formed or something like that. What were you saying? Oh, I it's don't a know. medical thing, but you were saying something about their their frontal cortex isn't even developed yeah, until not, they're like twenty five. It pretty much yes. Um, yeah, their the front the decision making section of the brain, their frontal yeah. cortex, is not developed. See, so it wasn't our fault in college. <laughs> We were living on half a brain. <laughs> and we drank the other half away. Half the <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is that 
you know, I think that as Christians, we have responsibility to love people in spite of their sin. Yeah. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. I mean, y'all are sinners. Amen. You three men are a bunch of sinners. And I, I know that. I know that. One fishing trip with y'all and y'all are definitely all sinners. Okay. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, is that we all sin. That needs to be brought up. We all sin. We're not bashing anybody, you know? Yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect except yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, I just think that we have to speak truth into people. Yeah. I think that we're kind of, we kind of are, you know, we get complacent. We don't want to be confrontational. Don't want to be that religious nut. I like to keep the peace. Yeah. I'm, I'm the peacemaker, y'all. I like to keep the peace until I've had enough and then I'm not peaceful anymore. <laughs> you know? And Troy knows all about yes, that. Yes, I do. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, and I think that, I think the solution, I don't know if it's a solution, but I think the answers that we're kind of coming up with, you know, is that number one, like Justin said, it starts at home. You know, it starts with how we raise our kids and how we protect them from the world. Because like Justin said, we're, we're not of this world and this is not our home. This is not where we're going to spend eternity. Uh, not in this condition that it's in now. Um, and, and then what, what Heather said along with that is that while we protect and while we raise our kids, right, we need to be loving on others as well. And, and sharing as much truth as they will allow us to share, you know, and, and, and not give up on them and not quit and, and keep giving them that truth in the most loving way we possibly can, not pointing fingers and telling them you're sinners and you're going to hell, but telling them that, you know what, Jesus loves you in spite of your sin. Jesus loves you in spite of what you do. No matter, there's nothing you can do that will make Jesus not love you. I mean, it's, it's like, what Paul said, you know, that we're all, like you said, we're all sinners. And Paul said, and I'm the worst of the bunch. Mm -hmm. But yet, you know, like, like Justin said, we're holy. We're set apart. We're not supposed to be part of this world. We're not supposed to take part in the pride parades and, and we're not supposed to like them. And I think the more, the more we align ourselves with God's will, and, the, and I think this may be the problem is that the more we align ourselves in God's will and the more that we get in God's word and the more we trust and lean into God, the more we start seeing the world as he sees it. And the more we see the world as he sees it, the more we begin to hate the world. Not the people in the world, but the world in and of itself, the sin that has entered the world. And I think we're able to see it easier, pick it out easier, and it, it disgusts us. And we turn from it because we are so trying to lean into Jesus and trying to do the right thing. And we're just, we've got those glasses of God on and we see all this stuff that just tears us apart inside. Does that make sense? Agreed. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So goes back to what, uh, what Jesus said all along, right? Love God, love people. Yeah. Hate the world. I've been thinking about though. I mean, but what does it mean to love others? I mean, I, I know that that's such a, such a, a broad question. Um, I'm thinking about like in my own life, um, the people who live contrary lifestyles to what I believe truth is. 
asking my own self and challenging myself, what does it mean to love that person that I'm, that I'm sideways with, um, from a belief standpoint. And then I go back to like Jesus with the woman caught in adultery, the woman at the well, um, people had lifestyle sins and when they confront I mean Jesus said I'm the way the truth the life Jesus was the truth um, I don't have it all figured out and I use the gym really as a test bed for you know um, ministry outreach things like that but I kind of use air quotes when I say that because it's not me going around preaching at everybody. In fact, maybe one out of a thousand conversations even mentions God or mentions Jesus. But the rest of it for me, and I don't have it all figured out, is relationship building. It's assigning value. It's 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 making people known. I'm one of the bigger guys in the gym. People kind of respect me and, and everything else. And, and when there's a scrawny guy and I stop and I this bump him or high five him or, or I spot him or I give him a tip. Granted, I'm actually nobody, but he's assigned value to me because he respects me. Mm-hmm. And by me extending that same respect back to him, pausing, giving him notice, say, Hey man, I, I, I recognize you. I mean, I try to build those guys up. Um, it does something for them. And the next time they come back and, and then, you know, hopefully, They'll come and they'll say, man, really struggling today. Hey, man, how's it going? <sighs> it sucks. Well, why is that? And then and then they're they're open enough to have that that dialogue. But it yeah. doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen every week. It doesn't even happen every month. I've been working out with one guy um, for probably five years now, and we've had one serious God conversation. Um, but he was in a life crisis, and we took an hour out of our day. I prayed for the guy in the gym. And hopefully that kind of radically changed his life. Now, five years of relationship building to get to the point of him coming to me, trusting me with this problem, and allowing me to inject some truth into him, I, I think's kind of a win. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, haven't have, I haven't given you guys a chance to, to answer the question, and you know, maybe we flush it out another time, but I just am curious, um, how do we love others? And, and I think... Again, using Jesus like with the woman caught in adultery, he busted up the Pharisees, he busted up everybody else before he assigned her value and then just said, dude, see, you don't need to do this anymore and didn't even address what the sin was. It's like, you know, we both know, we don't need to say it, Mm -hmm. just don't need to do that. Like, you're better than that. And and so even people caught up in sexual sin or... or, um, you know, all this other stuff that we're talking about. I wonder, kind of like the Gonzo thing, like it, that, that's a good good question is, it's probably something else behind that. It's probably a lack of value that they've been right. given or something like that. And if we as the church walk around and just try to assign value, I mean, dude, like how much ministry, I mean, how much of that, how much of that is ministry and how much of that would actually change people's lives you know what I mean yeah no and and I know exactly what you're saying and I remember um I used to Kyle and I actually used to own a a park a a paintball park I think we had mentioned this one before yeah 
And um, there was one guy, actually there was two um, of my employees that um, that I worked on for, for years, literally years. One in particular that lived in my neighborhood, and I would always give him a ride to and from work uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. So I saw him every weekend and spent some good quality time with him on the way to and from work. It was about a 20-minute drive both ways. And I remember asking him, pretty pretty new into our in our uh relationship i guess now he was 14 15 okay maybe maybe 15 16 because he worked for me um but um you know and i asked him one day i said you know cody do you you believe in god oh no i don't believe in that hocus pocus that's that's crazy that's silly really why not yeah and he told me why not and and that was fine you know i i kind of kind of blew it off um and then every time we would get into the car and drive we would just have good conversations and the conversation would always somehow <laughs> come back to truth, come back to Jesus in a way, not always in name, not always in this, but always come back to that truth. Um, and so just about every conversation we had for almost three years, somehow, and he got more and more comfortable with it. You know, at first he was a little uncomfortable, but the more we talked, the more he would open up, the more he would talk about his life. And then I remember um, we were we were headed to the uh, to the park one day, and his mom and dad were getting a divorce. Um, they, one of them had cheated on the other one, just like we talked about earlier. But um, and she had caught him, and that was it. It was over. There, you know, she kicked him out of the house. It was over. And she just about drove her Hummer through a hotel room. Yes, she did. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, and so. It was over, and you know there was there was no reconciliation here at all. And he was really upset, and and we were driving to work, and and we were talking a little bit, and it was funny because we got to work, we started setting up, people hadn't come in yet, and and I had always told him, you know, every once in a while I would tell him, I'd say, Cody, you know, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready to meet Jesus, whenever you're ready for your life to change, whenever you're ready to to turn your life over to a higher power, you you just let me know. And I'll 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 walk you there. Well, I'll 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 hold your hand while we get there. Okay, yeah, whatever. All right, whatever. Well, this day, uh, he told me what was going on, all the problems. We get to work, we start setting up, and about thirty minutes into setting up, he says, uh, "Mr. Troy, can I talk to you, please?" And I said, "Sure, let's go to my office." And I went in my office. He goes, "I'm ready." I said, "I'm sorry." <laughs> Because I wasn't expecting, you know, and he goes, I, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to meet Jesus. And so I called Heather in, and, and her and I both sat there, and we prayed with him and, and walked him through the sinner's prayer and, and watched him get saved right there in front of us. And it radically changed his life. I mean, uh, he joined the Marines. He became a heck of a guy. I mean, his parents still got divorced, but it, it was something that helped him cope through it. And I talked to him, you know, even now years later, 10 years later, however long it's been. And, um, you know, I said, Hey man, you still going to church? Absolutely, sir. You bet. Wow. I sure am. Um, and so it, it really helped him through. So the, the point of the matter was the relationship. It took me three years to build enough trust in this young man's life that he began to believe what it was that I was talking about. So you're right. It's, it's relationships. It's a lot about that. Um, my little Chawini dog is in the back. I don't know if you can hear her trying to get into the studio. And 
uh, she's uh, she knows that there's treats in here. So, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, Heather? You think it's uh, all about relationships? Because I know that that you have to build those in the hospital a lot. It's definitely about relationships. Yeah. You know, sometimes I sit here and go, "Why do people tell me the things they tell me?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But do you find it's harder because you used to work at the county hospital? Mm-hmm. And now you work in a quote unquote Christian. It's hospital. It's a private hospital. Yeah, it's yeah. Pri- I, yeah. That's what I tell people when they say things. Like, this is a Christian hospital. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you find it's easier to have your faith in the Christian hospital, or was it easier hmm. in the other one? Because the other one, you saw a lot of poor people, a lot of down on their luck, a lot of people that all they had was Jesus. Here, it's more of an affluent. You know, the, some people have a little more money, it, a little more. I, I wouldn't say something necessarily more or less. Um, I, you know, the county, I think that I felt that I was, I, I felt that we were more appreciated by a lot of the population. You know, we were all they had. Um, they were appreciated. They appreciated what we did for them, anything that we did for them. You know, sometimes I, I think that, you know, where I'm at now, it's kind of like, you know, expected. Um, yeah. It's it's more, it's almost like a hotel. You know, there, there are some things that I sit here and go, what in the world? Mm-hmm. I mean, we just put Alexas in every room. Every patient has Alexa in their room. Oh, yeah. I'm like, um, okay. Yeah, it's just, it's just little things like that where I go, this is not a hospital. This is a hotel. Right. You know, um, we have VIPs. I, I don't, I don't believe in VIP. Because I think the VIP is the sickest person, the one that's going to die first. Right. That's my VIP. I don't care about who's got what, you know, money, yeah. VIP yeah. or status. It's just like my VIP is the one who's going to die on me first. Yeah. So there's some things, that, you know, that I, I just have to wrap my head around and just do my job. Yeah. So. Well, oh, there's the big dog. He's really <laughs> trying to get in. <laughs> It's okay. That's why we have a podcast like this, just so that <laughs> when crazy things happen, it's not a big deal. Um, so anyway, I got a babysitter for the six-year-old, and I'm dealing with dogs. and we're dealing with the dog. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, look, let's go ahead and wrap this up. But I think, um, I think, I, I guess the main thing that we found today that that you know in our exploration of this is that the world's going to be the world. Um, you know, ever since. Adam let Eve eat the eat the apple. I know I said it that way, and I said it that way on purpose. Um, you know that that it's just the world's, you know, the world's gone to sin, and it's going to be there. It's going to get worse. I don't think it's going to get better. I don't. I don't think that the world is going to get better, uh, and we're going to be less sinful and and less in our face. In fact, I think it's probably going to get a lot worse, and uh, until until the return, and then yeah. it'll be. And then it'll be, uh, and then it'll be perfect. Yeah. And until then, I think we just need to make all the relationships we can, speak all the truth we can, and uh, spread all the love we can, and just hope that we can take as many with us to heaven as we can. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Well, guys, again, thank you very much. Thanks, Heather, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having. It has me. been an absolute pleasure to have you here. I'm sure you'll edit quite a bit of this. I won't edit. A, I ain't editing a single word, I'm not good, one I'm word, good, except, except for that. what Kyle said. I'm only going to edit what Kyle said. <laughs> <laughs> because he just won't shut up. We can't get him to shut up. 
He's been on mute the whole time, right? Oh, <laughs> okay. darn it. No, <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, like I said, uh, we're, we're getting kind of popular at that. I don't mean to toot my own horn at all. Uh, but Don't get a big head. Not at all. Uh, in fact, if anything, it makes me so much more humble that uh, you people would take the time to actually sit here and listen to us babble. And, and I can't even tell you how much we appreciate that. And I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, we say it every week. If you want to get a hold of us, we've got an email at uh, exploringtheway21 at gmail.com. We've got our Facebook. Uh, the way you get to that is at exploringtheway21. And then, of course, we've got our website, www.exploringtheway.info. Um, so reach out to us, please. Please, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, also, if you can, throw us a, a, a rating on uh on your podcast, uh, you know, if, if you believe we deserve five stars, please give us those five stars. What that does, it boosts our ratings. And the higher in the ratings, the more people that will listen to it. So if you got anything out of this and you think others will too, please give us a rating, give us a review, and share the podcast. Tell somebody else about it. Um, that's pretty much the best way these things get around is from, you know, other people telling you about them. Until next week, uh, may you go out and have a wonderful, wonderful week, and God bless you. And J- Justin... Good to see you. You too, brother. Heather? Well, I always see you. (laughs) And it's always a pleasure. Kyle, thank you. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll see you all on the next one. All right. Y'all take care.